0: you guys. How's everybody doing? It's cold outside, huh? But warm in here, so it's good. Um, We just want to greet anyone who's visiting for the first time and just everyone that calls Hill City their home. Thank you so much for being here. Um, This place feels like home even when it's in a cafeteria, right? So... um, That was just a video for DESPO, so it's coming up. If you have a youth that's sixth grade and up, they will love it. Uh, I got to go last year. It's amazing. It's such an amazing experience for them. So they're starting to do registration for that, and um, yeah. And uh, we have a a Women's IF conference coming up too. You can register for that. But uh, mostly, right now, we just want you to enter into worship with us um, on this Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, I just I think of the Super Bowl and I'm not very interested so you guys can boo me I'm like the halftime will be cool and this is us is coming on after so I'm really excited about that Um, that's probably my high point for that whole um, yeah series of things happening but uh, I just think of it and I think of how hyped up we can get on something like a, a football game right like we can be like, we gotta have a party, like we gotta have the food, we gotta have the right people. You know, I gotta have my DVR set for This Is Us After, like all these things like that you think of. But um, this morning, like, let's just enter into worship. Let's make that the important thing right now, in this moment, in Chatter Ridge Middle School, when it's cold outside, um, that we made this a priority for our day and that God is always number one priority in our life. And so let's just worship him today and um, worship him together as a family, amen.
1: Wanna know you, Lord, like I know a friend. Wanna know you, Lord. Wanna know you, Lord, like I know a friend. Wanna know you, Lord. so i'm laying down all my religion i'm laying down wanna know you lord i'm laying down all my I can box you in. But I'm laying down. want to know you, Lord. Cause I used to think that I can box you Joice in the simple gospel I will rejoice in you Lord. just the voice there. I will rejoice in the simple gospel I will rejoice in you Lord. one more time one more time in the simple gospel. I will rejoice in you, Lord. Thank you, God. We
0: just worship you today, Jesus. God, here right now in this moment, we just honor you. We give all praise unto you, God. We focus everything. Everything that's going on in our lives, Lord, we just focus it right now.
1: the Sweet.
2: praise come on lift up your voice oh you're with us I I heard a comment if you knew that God was with you and that God was for you what would you what, what, what would you do if you absolutely knew that God was with you and for you Would we be afraid to attempt the things that God has put on our hearts, the passions, the way that he has formed us and made us, would we be afraid or would there be a boldness knowing that God is for us and God is with us because that's not a song we sing that is the truth we must live until we step out and say I know you're for me and I know you're with me you won't see God move holding back don't hold back this year this is a year of bold moves and as you move boldly God will move boldly on your behalf but if we move in fear it will be like last year and that rhymes too all right man that was good John thank you John all right But uh, just uh, welcome the person next to you. You guys can be seated. Know that God is with you and for you. God bless you guys. How many of you guys ever worry? Any worriers in this room? Natural worriers, right? Not warriors, but worriers, right? Yeah. Uh, My wife doesn't think I worry enough many times. It's like, you don't worry enough. I'm like, you're worrying about your worry, you know? Uh, But uh, we all worry about something. We do. And a lot of times we, we are in different places of life. If you're younger, in your 20s, you're like, what am I supposed to do, right? In, in your 30s, I'm like, am I doing the right thing on the 40s? Am I, is, uh, is, uh, what's going on with my life? Or, or did, I, did I get passed up on the thing I was supposed to do? Or you worry about that. There's a lot of things we worry about. But I love what the Bible speaks to us. When Jesus in Matthew 6 says, there's all these things that we worry about. There's all these things, but this is the answer for your worry. And I'm telling you, can we take God's word and like really apply it to our lives this year? There's no boldness until you apply it. The medicine doesn't work until you actually apply it to your life. We can know that the medicine's good. We're like, "Yep, that medicine's incredible. It'll it'll, it'll it'll heal this. It'll take care of that." But it doesn't work until you apply it into your life. And in the same way, God's word must be applied, and you will see it come into fruition. And as, you will see it grow. You have to cultivate it. You can't just you can't just like it. Like you can't you can't Facebook like God. You gotta be like him right a lot of times we like to facebook like jesus like and let everyone know that if you say amen to this post god will bless you that's just crazy christianity and I, i'm going to talk about it uh, in in just a little bit but I, but i'm going to read you this verse but seek first his kingdom there's a kingdom that's here that's god's kingdom and, and and when there's a kingdom there's a king that means that the king wants to advance his kingdom and we're part of that And there's a kingdom of this world it speaks of in the Bible, and there's a kingdom of God. You are here for the kingdom of God. You're not building your own castles and your own kingdom. There's a kingdom that if we we just knew to be a part of, it's more than happiness. It's joy. In in the worst of times and in the greatest of times, we are founded knowing that God is with us and for us. And I can go on, but I won't because I have a message. But it's to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all the things. What are all the things? All the things you worry about all the things that have your heart all the things that control your life you said I can't change this I'm telling you I take a a miniature step towards God in faith and you will see God move and rush into your life because God wants to move in you God wants to move through you and it says, and all these things that we worry about, from money to clothes to what we'll eat to what people think of us, the things that we serve, all these things, a job that you might, that you are looking for, all these things, I'll take care of it. And Jesus is saying, trust God with your life more than you trust yourself. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Each day is enough trouble of its own. Today, as we're giving, we it, 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 giving is a part of your worship. It's a part of your faith. And as you give to this place, it's going all over the place, from outreaches to the children uh, to things that we want to do and, and progress God's kingdom. And that's what you're giving to. Be a part of it. And i know some of us we can't give because we're in bad financial state that's just america i just know that's what it is and that's why i tell you to go to franco and heidi's financial peace and get a structure for your life we have a plan for other things in our life get a plan for your finances get a plan for your generosity get a plan for other just like we have hopes and dreams i pray that god would one day use you to meet the greatest need and, and and we'll talk about it further, but let's pray as the guys come forward. Heavenly Father, in our giving, let us just, uh, let us give what we cheerfully want to give, Lord God. And if we can't cheerfully give, Lord, I pray, g- give us ways and opportunities to serve and to love. And I pray, God, teach us, God, train us. I pray for the Holy Spirit to be in this service and to open up hearts. And I pray, let us be ready, say, just, just tell God, I'm ready for you to speak to me. I'm ready for you to use me. Just say it. Just say it to yourself. You can say it in your mind. But I, if you want something to change, you have to want it. It is your anticipation. God, I want you to speak to me. God, I want you to use me. I want to become part of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Thank you, guys.
3: Good morning. Yes, that was good side say God with us yeah with, uh, try it again God with us that was that's like a C minus but all right say God for us oh man you guys just got beat over here all right that was not a competition but it's Super Bowl Sunday it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans this one I like unless the Lord builds a house the builders labor in vain God, we pray that when we build Hill City Church, when we do this thing, we launch this thing a year and a half ago that we build it on you. Amen. I'm going to take just a few minutes. Uh, this is something a little bit different, but we're going to do a little bit of a 2017 year in review. So I wanted to share with you guys some, uh, some highlights from 2017. Uh, some of you are new. Some of you have uh, been here a while. Um, and uh, so we just want to give you a little bit of the highlights of things that uh, Hill City Church accomplished or did in 2017. Does that sound good? Come on. Give me an amen. All right. This is not everything we do, so the people that serve, the people that lead here, uh, if we left something out, it's not on purpose. There are just a lot of things that we do as an organization, Um, but we just want to cover a few highlights. So everyone put on your best cheerleader hat right now as we go through these, all right? We want to hear some hand claps. Uh, Hold your applause for these few. uh, I'll, I'll give you the applause sign when you're ready. Just kidding. Uh, But we're going to go through some of these. I want to give you some numbers and we're going to go a little bit into some of the metrics and a little bit of the numbers. We have a uh, I'm not going to go through a full budget. If you guys want to see the full budget, you can come talk to me. We're not going to do that. But we did want to give a little overview of some of the financial status of the church and also some cool accomplishments. All right. So here's some highlights. Number one, Isaac, you guys made the number one list, Urban Outreach. (laughs) And uh, I'm not gonna go into a lot of what these are, but Urban Outreach is kind of a big deal. So they do a really cool thing. We are so honored. To have had this long-standing relationship with you guys, uh, on behalf of John and, and Candace and the whole church, just it is such. A, it had been a passion and desire of ours to to partner with a local mission, uh, certainly international mission, but also partner with a local mission. And uh, we connect with them on a monthly basis. We do uh, dinners. Uh, uh, we come and serve with them. Uh, we feel like we're just helping serve with you guys. Um, but we we use some of the church finances to buy food every month for the uh, for the, the. How many people do we feed every uh, every week, every month? 100 a week. Uh, so um, give God a hand. He's like, I don't know, like 100 a week. <laughs> it's just like so, so humble. Um, we did duffel bags for foster kids. Uh, we did this last fall. Uh, I don't have the numbers, but we did a lot. Do you know? 50. We gave 50 duffel bags to foster kids. Uh, just a real quick thing. When foster kids come out of the system, uh, they uh, or sorry, about to enter into the system, a lot of times they have a, tra- a black trash bag. That's all they have. And so we were able to, to raise uh, uh, over $1,000. Uh, and my wife would kill me because I'm supposed to know this. But uh, we were able to give awesome packages to help in the transition for foster kids into the system. And it's a small little thing of redeeming that broken system. But we are we were part of that. And uh, it was a really big deal for us. Easter service and event, we had almost 500 people last Easter. Uh, we're looking to exceed that this year. So when you guys come on Easter, be ready to be crammed. None of this like comfortable stuff. <laughs> Just kidding. Ethiopia Thrive Academy, we're still, this is part of Thrive Church. We were uh, involved in Thrive Academy over there, and there's still several of you that are giving to kids. Uh, Monique just went over there uh, about a month ago, right, Tino, about two or three weeks ago, left Tino at home to take care of his daughter, but he did all right. He's still here. Christmas homeless care packages, we did Uh, Houston outreach. As you guys know, there was a huge uh, hurricane, Uh, hurricane, I forgot the name of it. Um, What was it? Harvey, thank you. Um, and we were able to to, uh, help donate funds and uh, fill up a semi that went down there and helped a lot of folks in Houston. Thanksgiving outreach. Hill City, and I'm going to go into a few things. Hill, I can look up there. Why am I looking at my tiny phone? Hill City Kids Growth and Maturity. Uh, the reason we put this is because uh, we have over 50, uh, 50 people, that actually, uh, close to 50, that help serve in Hill City Kids. Um, we have a lot of kids every week. There's, I think there's uh, about 50 to 60, actually it's more than that, 70 kids uh, a week. And it takes a, it takes a village, it takes an army to take care of kids. Amen? And so uh, with Megan Frank, uh, who is my wife, and uh, Heidi, and then all the workers that help with that, man, you, they make it thrive. So thank you guys. Uh, give them a hand, please. And um, I'm not trying to highlight one ministry over the other, but uh, it is the biggest ministry from a person standpoint. It takes a lot of people, a lot of coordination. So thank you. Um, that said, we want more. <laughs> there are always more people. Every teacher in here is like, "Yes, we need some more help." So uh, it takes a lot, and we want to make sure we're always have a healthy ratio of leaders or servants to uh, to kids. Um, when it's one on ten, anybody want to do one on ten with kids? It's uh, I would I only think I can do one on one. Um, but uh, if women's retreat is coming up. Who was that? Wow, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's like the Patriots scoring a, scoring a touchdown tonight. Let me guess, you don't like Rob Gronkowski. Oh, it's the quarterback you don't like. All right. Uh, if women's retreats was coming up, last year was uh, a good amount. Uh, this year they're trying to do over 50 uh, women to go to that. So pretty awesome. They, uh, that's, I think sign-ups are available today. I'm not going to plug the women's conference. That can be, Candace already did. Desperation conference, that's that first video you showed. We did that. We're doing it again this year. That is a pivotal moment in, in youth's life. Um, these are we talked about I talked about this last week when I talked about uh, pivotal circumstances in bull trust at those moments in your life that are just like you cannot forget them. You can't they're just indelible. It's like that p- moment where I was going left and I went right. And uh, I, I think that uh, I, I believe that Despo is a huge part of that adventurous love marriage conference with with Robert and Christina Vargas. And then a few things we launched last year grow track we launched, which was version two of a Par- paradigm. It's our membership class. So uh, Mark and Julie Mitchell help, help lead that they're in a session right now. And uh, we launched a prayer team just recently at the end of the year. Come on! All right, let's go to the next thing. Hill City by the numbers. Anybody like numbers? Like me? Anybody a numbers guy? You're like, I hate numbers. All right. Well, we're gonna do some numbers. 205 is the weekly average attendance for Hill City. Amen. We have we have spikes. We have you know dips and stuff like that. But uh, thank you for coming out on this cold day. Uh, about 28 graduates through growth track. 25 baptisms we did last year, which is amazing. 105, this is a, a my best guess or our best guess, 105 people helped serve in uh, Lead Hill City Church. So give this, we had 21 Hill City, whoa. <laughs> boom, 21 Hill City groups that were on last year. Come on. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are involved in those groups. Uh, uh, this is my best estimate, so I just want to call it Jason and Michelle and the, the video team, and uh, I'll talk to the camera right now. Um, over 500 people online we reach a week. And um, <laughs> that's exciting. You know, that's the power of technology. Technology can be a bad thing, but it's also a beautiful thing that we can uh, know that we uh, the team has taken us to another level, that when we launched Hill City, we just we just... It's not in our. It wasn't really in our sort of wheelhouse to be like, yeah, we know how to do online. So uh, Jason, just uh, back there, he's being very secretive. He's like just head down working. But I uh, just love the innovation, the the just just uh, just putting themselves out there and help help us guide the team and uh, really bringing us to an online presence um, as a small church. Maybe that's something like seems unattainable, but it's really cool. And I've used I know a lot of people stream online like at Facebook, all those other things. So uh, that's a really cool extension of what we do on a Sunday morning. Uh, from a numbers uh, numbers, uh, I already talked about attendance, um, but uh, twenty seven total t- total twenty seventeen giving was uh, just short of one hundred seventy thousand. And that equates to fourteen thousand one hundred. I actually had more on there, but I was like, I'll round to a hundred. So fourteen thousand one hundred per month giving, and. Uh, you can see here on this beautiful graph. This is just show a little bit of the the, uh, the trajectory. So um, the good thing is April was awesome. That's around Easter. Uh, there was also some big gifts that came in. Uh, but we also, uh, you can see that uh, it's a good graph. But uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, this is uh, this is a relatively flat graph. Uh, if you're a finance person, you're like you kind of want to see that number going up. So uh, we'll share a little bit more of that. But uh, we're we're uh, you know thank you for your generosity. Um, we wanted to just make sure that a year and a half into Hill City Church that we uh, that we had some goals to set um, from a savings standpoint, uh, specifically because we have a beautiful truck outside that brings all the stuff in. If that ever bites the dust, that costs a lot of money, um, unless anybody wants to buy us a new truck. <laughs> so we needed to save some money and we did hit our savings goal uh, to make sure that in the event that that truck does bite the dust, at some point it will, that we're able to pay for that and not be in trouble. So um, so here's a, just a trajectory of, of our giving over time. Uh, And that's it. So last slide. Looking forward, we have so much to talk about. We talked about it. It's bold moves. All right. And we'll give you more details about what that is. Other things that we're doing in uh, 2018, you know, some of the things that we just talked on that we're already doing in 2018, but uh, we'll have more to share in the the next month. And um, we're excited. So you guys excited? Amen. I will uh, welcome my friend. Nope, not welcome him. All right, we're gonna watch a video. This is a quick little video of what happened in uh, 2017. So uh, it's just some pictures and uh, you'll see some of the activities we did last year. Hit it.
1: the skies, running deep, stretching wide, perfect love realized, here with you, come on now, now the is for real, you will never let go, never let go, oh, it's more than just words, love beyond my control, out of control, This is real love, this is real love. See this is real love.
2: Thank you guys, that's you guys, thank you. Give yourself a hand one more time. Man, that's what God wants to do in us and through us and I, I just feel like that's just a seed, that's just the beginning of what God wants to do. I hope that as you're wa- looking at those pictures, there's visions of how God wants to use your life to, to, to grow, not the church, to grow people far from God who need a breakthrough. I, I, this is what we believe around here. We believe you belong here before you even believe. People step into this place not because they love Jesus. They step into this place maybe because they have a relationship with you or me. They step into this place because life didn't work out the way they thought it was going to work out. Some of us, we come into this place with a weight, and we say, if this Jesus thing is real, then I'm in. I need to know if this is for real. And if that thing, if Jesus is for real, then show me. And it's going to come through the lives. Sometimes it's God's presence overextending, and sometimes it's your hands as God's presence here. And so you guys are the seed. We are the seed of what God wants to cultivate in Thornton. So I don't want to hold back what God wants to do. And as we watch this, I don't belittle small beginnings. I don't belittle cafeteria meetings. I believe that this is such a beautiful, I love this place. I love what I get to do. And so I, I just put that in your mind. Tuck that in your mind because I believe this is a year of bold moves. It's a year of bold moves. It's, I call it our banner year. I don't, I don't know if you know what that is. It is that, that one moment that you remember in the past. I remember that one year, something different happened. Everyone stepped out just a little bit in faith, and we ran, and we, and, and we did what God want to, wanted to accomplish, and he showed up. Sometimes we think we need to show up. No, we need God to show up. We need God to move. And so this year is a year of bold moves, that God would move mightily on our behalf and in us and through us. Say bold moves. So bold moves, we need to make bold prayers, and we need to make bold repairs. And last week, Paul did such an excellent job speaking about bold trust. There has to be a bold trust in God saying, all right, I, I, you got me. You got me, God. I'm just trusting in you. There's so many times I trust in myself, and I get the same answer. It's funny. We're like, oh, I trust in you. I trust in you, God. And then when something happens, oh, I trust in myself. And then you get the same result, and you're like, why did that happen, God? You know why it happened. (laughs) The same thing happens when you do the same thing. So uh, we have bold prayers, bold repairs, bold trust, and it's because God has given us a bold mission, a bold mission. And they're going to put up that slide. They said, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You guys are good news. You guys are good news. And we have a bold mission. If you have your Bible, go to Ephesians 4, to 16. All right. We cheer for the word of God because it reveals Jesus. And Jesus changes our lives. And we're going to get there in just a moment. But I want to explain something about the history of church. All right. And it's the word Christendom. Anyone like the word Christendom? Anyone use that in the vocabulary lately? Oh, I just remember, the, you know, when we were a part of Christendom, right? No, no one really talks about Christendom. But Christendom is Christianity at the center of culture, politics, influence, and power. That's Christendom. And, 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 and it, which sounds really cool, but it's not cool. It sounds really Jesus-y, like, ooh, yeah, we're in power. It's, we're in the center of culture. It's going to be beautiful. It wasn't that cool. It wasn't that cool. I, f- I feel like we're making a transition out of Christendom for the first time, as in, in, at least in the United States. And we might think that's negative, but I'm telling you, God is going to show us something beautiful. See, when the, when the church began, it began in the margins. It began like as like nomadic people moving from house to house. It was, it was, when it began, they were powerless. They were without influence. They were in survival. They were under persecution. They were on the fringes of the Roman Empire. If you would look up the Roman Empire, they would never talk about Christianity. But you know the only reason you know the names of the Caesars and the leaders like Pontius Pilate and the governors of that time? Because something happened when Jesus came and died and resurrected. Some powerful movement began. That's the only reason. I mean, why would you even know about the different Caesars, right? Why would you know? There's no reason to. We know because something crazy happened that changed the whole world in that moment. Yet in 350 years after Christianity began, when Jesus died on the cross and resurrected again, and his people just went nuts. They lost it, man, because they all ran away when Jesus died on the cross. But when he resurrected again, he says, how can I run any longer? If this is God, then I am all in. So these people blow up, and and they live the most beautiful and missional lives, these people of Jesus, living in a whole new way. And I can really go in there, but I can't. It's not enough time. But they lived in such a different way, it shocked the Roman culture. They lived in so differently. When the plagues came, they stayed. Christians stayed and faced the plagues. And they built hospitals. They opened up their homes. And these Romans that used to persecute them, they brought them in and took care of them, even to their own demise. And the Romans, in their culture, they were like, what is this? What kind of freak show is this that they would give their life to love their neighbors as themselves? See, Christians didn't just read it and put on cups and T-shirts. They lived it. it. They bled it. They bled it. 350 years after Jesus died and resurrected again, entire communities were changed by Christianity or Christendom, or Christianity. I'll call it Christianity here. Then Theodius, the Roman emperor, became a Christian, and 12 years later, he made Christianity the state religion and banning all pagan religions. And you would think this is a good idea. It wasn't. It wasn't. This Christianity began to mutate into Christendom. And Christendom is Christianity in power. And, and, and if, if we and Phil and I, we had a business, we would have to become Christians so that other, we could do business with the government and uh, with other Christians. It started to bring disunity. It was the anti-gospel. It, used, it started to marginalize and some, Christian, uh, some leaders needed to become Christians so that they could have power. So it became the anti-gospel. Instead of serving, it was self-serving. And it began to change. And Christendom changed the the mission of Christ. And it changed many of us. What started in the margins communally became, became the culture nationally. And it altered us, building gaps, leading to horrendous Christian leaders, Division, marginalization, the crusades, all in the name of Jesus. It doesn't even make sense. How do you do crusades in the name of Jesus? Who says, turn the other cheek. Who says, I'm dying for you. This is my grace. It just didn't make sense. But that's what happens when we, when we put an emphasis and, and we, you put it in power. It can, it can mutate it. There, there was good things that happened too, like healthcare started, hospitals started, universities started. We can name off the beautiful things that also happened, but I'm, I'm, this is what I'm focused on right here. Now in the United States, Right? We're like, we're not in Christendom. We're in Christendom still, especially early in the United States in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. If you wanted to run a business, you would have to be a part of a church. Everyone went to First Baptist Church. And if you weren't a part of First Baptist Church, I mean, who wants to do business with heathens, right? Which is ridiculous, which is ridiculous. It's the anti-gospel. And so and even in the United States, it snuck in. And, 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 and if you wanted to be a good family with status, you we, oh, we all go to church. Christian or not, you attended church, right? You, it's, it's still happening in the South. Like if you go to the South, like, like 70% of people still go to church. It is packed full of people, and they leave, and there's no difference in their lives, right? But, people, but this is the worst thing that happened. It changed the structure of the church. People started to associate ministry with professional ministers. Listen here, it creates an internal divide between the ministers and the congregation, right? And at one time, it was the Christian plumber, businessman, real estate agent. It was the stock clerk at at, at Walmart that believed that they were all in ministry together on mission with Jesus. Agents of radical faith and love, messengers of a new way of living and bringing God's love to this world. Christianity purposely stepped into dark and broken places. When was the last time you purposely, and we purposely, and that's why as a church you look up there, we're purposely wanting to step in dark and broken places. Not because we're cool, but because we're called there. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Hidden. Your life will not be hidden because you're called in to step in to broken places. It's funny because our culture is like, oh, that's broken. Don't go in there. No, that's broken. You're called in there. It's a different way of living. It's a different thought. And when you live that way, understanding that you are called to restore it, flourish it, and make disciples there, faith becomes vibrant. You want your faith to come alive? Step into some dark places and say, God, if you don't move, this is ruined because I have nothing. <laughs> I got nothing, God. I'm just in here saying, Phil's just there with the junior higher saying, I'm just in here to give my very best and I want I need you to move because it can't be me. Isaac's in five points saying, I, I need to go in there. You have called me in here and if I have to be in obscurity for the rest of my life, you sharing his story, I'm good with it because I'm all in because they need light and darkness. I think this is the most beautiful way to live because then faith starts to shine it starts to shine in darkness, and that's normal Christianity. Paul was a tent maker. Luke was a doctor. Peter, James, and John Fisherman, Cornelius, a soldier, all on mission together to bring heaven down for the people right in front of them, longing for people to be transformed by the love of God. I don't care what you do. You are called to be lights in darkness. So, I'm gonna go read right now in Ephesians 4 11 to 16. It says, And God gave them apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints or the people of God for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So, God gives us these these roles, these people in our lives and and to head the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And what do they do? They equip the saints. Say, equip the saints. And who's a saint in here? Yeah, you guys are all saints, not because you're good, but God's good. And God has made you righteous. And you can't be more righteous than unless until you're in Christ. And when you're in Christ, you are more righteous than you can ever be. You guys are saints. And so you are called for the work of ministry. So who are the ministers? The people. Yeah. The congregation. Everyone who follows Jesus. God created us to work. Do work, y'all. You are called to work. You are called to be bearers of this love. If God has saved you, you are called to be a part of it. Tag your it. Tag your it. Tell your neighbor, tag your it. That's right. We got this flipped, right? We leave ministry or we leave the thought of bringing light into darkness to a few others. And instead, we say, all right, here's some cash, do some ministry. And that's good. Some of us are called to be givers, right? We have the gift of giving. But even when you're giving, all of us are ministers. All of us are the church, the hands, the feet of God we got this flipped and when you flip this stop because of christendom it flips this idea of what what we are we are and they are we say we uh, they do ministry we come to church that is the wrong we are the church and we all do we all bring the kingdom of god and when we get that flipped it's like amputating most of the body of christ and saying oh that's just a hand one hand does everything and we're just here to be members we are not costco members and i and this is strong enjoy we are not costco members but members of the body of christ otherwise you shop church you look for best deals you want membership benefits what's in for me and what it offers my family right are the hot dogs still low priced at the at the counter right i talked i talked to you about how i snuck in Instead of joining arm-in-arm with the people of God that I am deeply committed to, that when your life is a wreck, I'm going to run into your life, and even if it damages me, I'm running in. If that house is on fire, I'm running in. That's the body of Christ. We are arm-in-arm, and we are okay with being hurt because we believe that God has us. We trust God. And so that's the kingdom of God. We're joining arm in arm with people with a bold mission, united by faith, united in Christ, living out his grace and truth for God's glory and for the joy of others. Say, for God's glory and the joy of others. That's your calling in life. When you ask, God, do you want me to do this? Say, is this for God's glory and will this bring joy to others? If yes, then go do it. God's glory, and the joy of others. That's true Christianity, not Christendom. Verse 13, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature the manhood, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, all that is saying is we are on a mission. We keep growing and maturing and filling up with Jesus when you're on mission together. You will never know God fully or rightly until you know him because you and him are coworkers, you're like I'm. Have you? If you if you've ever worked in the restaurant, anyone re- worked in the restaurant? It's different being a server than being served, isn't it? You're a lot closer when you're serving together than when you're just being served. And in the same way, you want closeness of relationship. You want to know things from the inside on a whole new level. You got to learn to serve. You got to serve together, arm in arm. And that's when you start growing and maturing and being filled with Christ. Growing up spiritually in discipline, integrity, and fortitude. All the things you don't want. Which is the best thing for you. It's like, it's like lifting weights. You know why people don't like lifting weights? Because weights are heavy. Yeah, that's right. Weights are heavy. You'd rather not. You'd rather eat a Big Mac and tell your wife you ate a salad. Right? <laughs> But when you're not taking part of this mission together, verse 14 says, we will be like children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about the winds of doctrine by every human cunning, by craftiness, deceitful schemes. When you you don't take part, you come apart. I'm going to say that again. When you don't take part, you come apart by new ideas, the worries of life, by every deceitful scheme of the devil, like life is all there is. We start to believe that this life is all there is. I'm going to make the most of this life. And God's like, if you saw in a broader context, you would really make the most of this life. And then it says, trying to stay up with the Joneses. How, how we, Man, that's so easy to fall into. Living faith without grace, grace without truth, and truth without transformation. We can know the truth and still not be transformed. When we don't take part with Jesus and His and His communal church, we come apart. In verse fifteen, rather speaking the truth in love, and this, I'm, I'm t- I'm lo- I am I lo- am I am saying this because I love your soul. I am saying this because I love your soul. I love your soul and not your feelings today. There's so many times we want we are so safe in loving our feelings, but can you imagine if we treated? Our kids that way nah, I, I won't tell them to brush their teeth because I don't want to hurt their feelings Right. I, I was watching this video. We're like we, we tell our kids you, you know, you can decide if you want to go to church or not because I don't want to hurt your feelings for your future Do we ever tell our kids you can decide if you want to go to school or not? I know you're eight But you can decide because you're so mature enough to make that decision your parents y'all You're the boss you are, you are making the direction. How crazy is that thought? In the same way, you decide their spirituality and their spiritual path. Decide it, parents. Don't make excuses about it. We are called. God has placed us there. Just as Marcy is a teacher, he, he has placed you there to teach them. Not to say, oh, poor baby, you had a bad day. You don't need to do anything. Here's, here's some pie. You don't need to brush your teeth with toothpaste. Here's some sugar. That would be, in, be insane. That would be insane. Right. And in the same way, when we don't stand up for truth and and we just live in this grace moment, we miss the gospel of Jesus Christ and the transformation that he wants to make in our children's life. And if you have been a Christian for years, here's all right. Here we go. Here we go. Get ready. Get ready. If you've been a Christian for years, yet there's no mark of Jesus in your life, in your character, in your purpose, and in your goals. When you're setting goals, when there's no spiritual goals or things you want to attain in closeness and in proximity to Christ and his kingdom, think about that. What I mean is from Monday to Saturday, if there's no obedience to Jesus, no desire for obedience, no real marriage relationship with Christ or urgency of his mission, I would check your faith. I'm not here to scare you, but as a pastor, I'm scared for your soul. I'm scared for your soul if there's no obedience or no longing for obedience. I'm telling you, I'm scared for your soul. So many times in the Bible, it says there was a group of people and many of them never made it. Jesus tells us plainly, there's people in this room right now that will not make heaven their home. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just giving you the reality of the Bible. I'm not trying to lie to you. I don't want to lie to you and say one day, God, I totally lied to them. I said you could do faith without obedience. You could, do, you could, do, you could just like Jesus and never become like him. There has to be transformation within us. I love your soul more than your feelings. I'm interested in who you're becoming and not who you were. We can't just hold on to our past. This is who I was. That's not who you are today. Who are you becoming? Who are we becoming? Who am I becoming? Verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into christ to whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint every person has a role here which is equipped when each part is working properly it makes the whole body grow so it builds itself up in love listen when all the parts work together when all the parts work together like your car if you ever bought a new car and everything's working together oh it feels so good even smells good i have a car that not every part works together (laughs) And I, and I always wonder, when is this thing going to die, right? You drive in fear <laughs> that you're not too far from home. But when every part is working together, As one unit, one body, it begins to mature, and love begins to pour out, and God begins to move mightily on our behalf, and and the church begins to grow in health and in numbers, and these numbers represent souls, they represent families, they represent broken homes, they represent people far from God, they represent people needing purpose, hope, and joy. Unless we become the church that Jesus had in mind, people will suffer. People will suffer. Listen, God's answer for the world was his church. The Father sent the Son. The Son sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sends us. That's how the Bible moves and flows. The Holy Spirit is sending us, working together, empowered by the Spirit, abandoned to mission, in love with God and his people. We have to grow up in Christ. Souls, eternity, depending on it so how do we do this I have two applicable steps right here number one if you have if you're taking notes or if you need to text yourself number one missional people engage culture missional people engage culture and what do I mean by that to change culture you have to be a counterculture in culture you can't be outside of culture to change culture just just letting us know that if we all if all we do is run from what's scary or live with no difference to the rest of culture except we go to church we're missing it go to jeremiah 29 jeremiah 29 i'm going to read you some verses here and it's going to shock you you're going to love it so in jeremiah in the book of jeremiah the people of israel they're in, they're captured they are all, all the people of Israel have been taken to Babylon and they've been enslaved and they're like, they're in a new culture and, and, and uh, it's a godless culture and they're living again in the margins without any power. And this is what God says to them, verse 4. He says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile. He's saying, I took you there. You think you accidentally fell into Babylon? No, I put you in Babylon because I love Babylon. God puts us in difficult places because he loves those people in difficult places. Not because you're so cool. No, he has a bigger idea and thought of why we're where we're at. If you ever hated your job, God's going to keep you there so much longer because he loves your crazy coworkers. And if no one's crazy, you're the crazy coworker, right? Yeah, you are the crazy coworker, right? But I'm telling you, God takes us to Babylon because he loves Babylon, don't try to flee from the place that God has you. and this is what he says, I carry you into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, listen to this, it says right here, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into. I put you there. Pray to the Lord for the city, not for yourself, not so that you will be more comfortable. No, pray for the city because if it prospers you too will prosper. God calls us into our city, into our world to become a part of the DNA of the city. Sometimes I think the church has forgot that we are we are supposed to be the DNA of the city. The people of God, I'm not talking about church organization. who cares right? That's secondary. We the church means people of God. the people of God were called to be part of the DNA to help the city flourish. Not so you could go against them. I don't like what I'm doing, so I'm not going to do anything with them. No, that's dumb. I don't know how else to say it. That's wrong. That's sinful. But being the best business owners, be the best teachers, be the best students, be the best nurses, be the best coffee barista. Know your beans, man. They're actually berries. Be the best artists, be the best engineers, be the best construction workers with great Mission: caring for those in right in front of you, the discouraged, the broken, the poor. attacking poverty spiritually, socially and physically. We do all three. In Thornton here, there's not that much physical poverty, but let me tell you, people are so lonely here. People just want to talk conversation. You ever, you ever like walk around and someone starts a really deep conversation with you out of nowhere? You're like, "All right, they need some time need me right now i need to be aware of this be aware of that and as the city prospers as your neighbor prospers as as your as your neighborhood prospers as the schools begin to prosper because you're not saying i'm not going to do that no we're we're in it as everything begins to prosper god says you will prosper you i will grow you and how do we do this how do we live a counterculture number one jesus has to be lord of our lives and not just on facebook he must be Lord of what represents our lives. Our time, our money, and our power and influence. And this is real quick, our time. He must have priority over our time. Time set aside just for him. T- time set aside to serve. Time to build people up in the church, in the body of Christ, and time to build people up in who are not part of the body of Christ. Do we meet with people who are far from God on purpose, for their benefit and not for yours. Do we do that? Do we mentor people? Mm. We run into people that need you so bad, but we get caught up needing our own thing and we miss the people right in front of us. Man, let your life, control freaks, let your life be a little messy. Let your life be a little messy. Jesus' life, it was structured, but it was also crazy. Because he every time it says he was headed to Bethesda, yet he stopped right in the middle. Learn how to stop and rest and give your time. Number two, our money. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Matthew 6, 21. He didn't say where your heart is, your treasure will be. Because he knows us. We're tricky. Wherever we put our treasure, our heart gets there. Where are you putting your treasure? If God is your treasure, do you have a plan for your treasure, your money to glorify God? Do you have giving goals? Do you have any crazy giving goals? Like I have a giving goal this year. I want to pay, and I'll say it out loud so I have to stick to it. I want to pay for someone's mortgage at least one month this year. That's one of my giving goals. Do we have giving goals that are way more extravagant than we like? Ooh, it makes us, oh I don't like it. Yeah, then, then do it then do it. Maybe you'll end up buying someone a car that needs a car because they need to get to work and there's no way. You got to use what God has given you to make something beautiful. You got to. And you're like, someone help me then. See, that's already the wrong heart. Let's use what you have even in the little bits to make God beautiful. And then finally, our power and influence. Are you committed to sharing your power and influence? That's what we have here. We are in suburbia, folks. We got power, we got influence, we got connection. We just do. That's how God has blessed us. And use your power for someone who does not have power. There's kids and people in this church that need your power influence, need your connection to get a job, need your connection to get a place. There's people who can't get places that need you. Oh, I have a connection. I know 10 people who are looking for people. And we're like, why, why aren't we doing that? Let's use our power and influence for the good of people in this room and the good of those, others, for, for, to bring racial disparity, like bringing that to a close, social poverty, bringing that to a close, physical poverty. We are the answer to that, to use our power and our influence on our edu- education and our connections for the good of others. Man, imagine if we did that right in here. I bet there's people in here that are looking for jobs, they're looking for homes, they're looking for cars, they're looking for connections that you have. If we are only using our connections for our good, then we missed it. Because Jesus used his connection to the Father to restore you back to him. And I know this is a heavy message, but we need to engage culture. And lastly, missional people, embrace grace. And as the guys are going to pass out the communion, I want you guys to stand. Missional people embrace grace. The power of your faith and your boldness and your courage is determined how much, by how much you embrace God's grace. The more freaked out you are that Jesus loves you, is the more powerful life you will ever live. I'm going to say that again. The more like, like you are shocked that you are loved by Jesus, you are shocked that he cares for you, the more that you embrace that shock, the more it will radically change our lives. And one thing that our church, I want this church to be known for and my life to be known for is that I am shocked by the love of God. And I can't believe he saved me. Dude, I'm an absolute wreck. I can't believe God uses me in ministry, honestly. I can't believe I'm talking to you and you're not talking to me. I'm shocked that I stand here like an ex-drug addict. That's why I ended up in Colorado, by the way. Because I couldn't stop doing drugs on my own. So I came out here to detox. Awesome. And that's how God uses me. It's funny. Enjoy uses that, and if God can use John, I thought I was going to prison, all right, just folks, I'm gonna just lay it all out, enjoy, I said, if I continue down the path I'm continuing, I'm definitely gonna end up in prison, or I'm gonna just end myself, because this life was not worth it, but God has a, a, just the weirdest plan for your life, right, and I'm telling you, embrace your past, and don't stay there, Say that's my past but God has a different future for me and be totally okay with it. If you're scared, good, move then, move then. Embrace the love of God for your life. And if you right now are in a place where you are scared or in a place you don't like who you are, you're still in a good place because you're hearing this message. Embrace the grace of God and let it radically change everything that it radically change everything. I love what Paul says at the end of his life. If you read the Bible from all the books of uh, Paul the Apostle, and it's funny because the, uh, the Paul the Apostle, he, he was like, I'm the greatest. Like, God chose me. In the beginnings of his writings, you'll see in Corinthians and in Romans, he always says, like, God chose me. God chose me. I'm, I'm the apostle. Jesus spoke to me. He was trying to one-up everyone, right? I love in the book of Timothy He's like, I suck. It's at the end of his life. And he's like, dude, I am the chief of all sinners. And if God can save me, that means God could save anyone. I mean, it is insane that he saved me. It is insane that he used me. It is insane that he loved me. And if you're in here and you say, God cannot use me because of this, this, and this, read the words of Paul. I am the chief of all sinners, and God chose me to show how insane his grace is. And that's why we got to embrace it. you got to take hold of it. Take hold of it. Take hold of it. It all starts from his grace. And to us understanding my salvation cannot end with me. My salvation cannot end with me. With our heads bowed, just pray. God, this message, if I heard anything, God, speak to my mind right now. Let me embrace your grace, God. Missional, bold mission, missional people, embrace God's grace. And we smile because we don't deserve nothing. It's all by the grace of God. Hill City, together we are a city on a hill. And when we work together in mercy in justice and for God's glory and for the joy of others, you will see God move. You will shine and lives will be changed forever. Your mission matters. What you wake up to accomplish in the morning tomorrow, when you wake up and you wanna accomplish something, put God in there because your mission matters. Don't just live life to live. Live, love, and go with mission. Heavenly Father, speak to us right now. God, I know as we have our communion in hand, on that night, it says that you took the bread and you broke it. And you said, I want to remind you every time you get together, break that bread because my body was broken for you. Do that in remembering me. Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Lord. I can't believe that you would die for me, God. On that same night, he took the cup. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant. This is the new promise I'm making you, that when you are in me, when you confess me and make Jesus Lord of your life, you will be clean from all the way clean. There's no darkness in you, God. And as we take the cup together, know that you are forgiven, that you are made new. Now now go and live in the newness of life. Go and sin no more. Let's take the cup together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We honor you. We remember communion. Your body and your blood poured out for us. I pray that our lives will be given our body and our life. The blood of our life will be poured out for you and for others. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you.